When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, everybody. How's it going, Nadia? Hey, Lon. Yes? Because this is a new season, I just want to take a moment to reintroduce myself. I'm pretty mildly, conservatively, <laughs> minimally OCD. <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about Bilal? Yeah, we're talking about Bilal. By the way, and I'm guilty of this, guys. I've used the word OCD very loosely um, to describe that. myself. But after watching Dr. Kirk Honda's video, you know, you can follow him on YouTube. He's psychology in Seattle, I believe. He actually explained how that word has been misused by a lot of us when actually real OCD people are suffering from a debilitating mental condition Mm -hmm. uh, that disrupts their everyday life. And I think we should not use that word lightly because they're people out there that are actually suffering from it and the rest of us who are very like myself I like being organized and I always tell people like yeah I have mild OCD but really that's not the truth like that's not clinically the right way of telling people that you're organized or neat and I'm learning not to use that word anymore but yeah sorry right it irked me when he was using that to describe himself I was like, no, you're not, dude. You're so not. Okay, like you just like to be clean or whatever, or you like to wipe things down, but people are actually suffering because of it. And I saw a really interesting documentary where a guy couldn't even leave his house because he had to perform a ritual on the doorknob. And if he didn't get it right, he would spend 30 minutes performing Mm -hmm. the same two or three steps because it had to be right. The final step was to touch the doorknob and then walk away. Yeah. And he couldn't, every time he touched it, it was a feeling. And he said, ah, that didn't feel right. Let me start this over. And then the ritual was that he had to breathe on his hand like a certain number of times and then like rub a pocket or something and then try to do it. And he couldn't fucking leave. And his girlfriend's like waiting for him. Like, are you done? (laughs) Can we go? And he's like, it's, let me get it. Let me get it. And he kept trying and trying and just like, that is OCD. Like it's, mm. it's super, super fucking serious. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you know, I just, I like to push the chairs into the table. And yeah. Like, no, bro. That's not that's OCD. Nothing, dude. But for yeah. the benefit of our listeners, Lon, just to catch everyone up, Bilal is 42 years old. He is from Kansas city, Missouri. He's a real estate investor slash agent. And his wife to be is Shaida. 37 mm-hmm. years old from Trinidad and Tobago, and she's a yoga instructor. What do we have to say about them? Apparently, after seven days in Trinidad, he proposed. 
Mm. I'm like, well, come on. First off, that's a WTF moment right there. Like, come on, bro. A week? <laughs> you, I don't know if that's the shortest that we've ever seen. No, Annie and Robert. <laughs> I remember Robert was on a Caribbean cruise and met Annie in DR. And I think that cruise was like only two days or three days or something. Oh and he proposed. Gosh. Or rather, yeah, I think he proposed and brought her over to the U.S. So, I, yeah, I think seven days is still not too bad. Not yeah, too bad. <laughs> I guess when people say when you know, you know. Yeah, and this then, is a definition of it. <laughs> right, which brings me then to all these other questions I have about their relationship, right? Like, mm. if you're going to propose to somebody and they're going to they're gonna say yes, you didn't have this conversation about what the person does for a living. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter whether he shows it on social media or not. Even when I meet somebody within like the first, I don't know, one or two days, if we're spending a lot of time together, it's like, so what do you do? Right. <laughs> that, that never, <laughs> never popped up. Like, So what exactly did you do? And I guess he revealed it and and then if you did reveal it, how is she supposed to fall for this ruse or this test? Or as he likes to say, a prank, right? And there's just so much shitty stuff. Like, I think he's the least liked of my engagement on Twitter has shown me anything. Not many people are team Bilal at this yeah. moment for the stunt he's, he's trying to pull. So I think that all he has is his material wealth to impress her. And he has a feeling that she's not going to be impressed and mm. he's insecure about it. So it manifests in him um, literally. Yeah. So what he's doing, at least what I believe is he's intentionally lowering the bar for himself. And that way, when she does see the house, she'll be super, she'll be so impressed by it. Yeah. Right. And so grateful and thankful to him because it's a power thing. And the way I interpret it is like, he's trying to control the situation. He doesn't have the power. He's intimidated by the power she has. Mm -hmm. She's on social media. She's a yoga instructor. If you go to her profile on Instagram, you know, you can tell like, she seems pretty like social popular in, in terms yeah. right, social media status and stuff. So he doesn't feel like he can impress her. And I think too, the whole blank wall thing after like thinking about it, it took some time and I was like, okay, well, what was that about? To me, it was almost he was showing her that he wasn't going to put in any effort. It wasn't that, oh, I don't want to show you my house or anything. It was kind of a low key way of saying, I'm not about to put any effort into like dressing up nice. I'm not going to put into any effort into staging this for you, right? It was almost as if he was trying to humble her or bring her down a little bit. I'm like, dude, that's so unnecessary. So like, I don't really like this guy. <laughs> I think everything yeah. about him is fake. Yeah, he probably is. I, I wouldn't say wealthy. Maybe he's well to do. But like, I, I think he likes to talk about his money a lot. He likes to project an image of wealth. That's, you know, maybe not necessarily all there. And there's, there's so many other people calling him out on, yeah, totally. on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, okay, those aren't Rolexes. Those are Invictus and you can find them at like yeah. Target or that Walmart. That Mercedes is an old model or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, dude, you're driving the lowest tier, like Benz or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and again, I'm not here to knock on that. Like, I don't really care. You know, I, I think money doesn't really Im impress me either. I think your, your character does and, and, and what you do and how, how maybe how you got the money. But, 
you know, shiny things, shiny things aren't necessarily like an indicator of success for me okay. anyway. I think he knows that for her too. And in order to make it seem more important than it is, he's playing this prank on her. Yeah. So I was going through Reddit and someone actually posted something about how they know Shahida from Trinidad. And apparently Shahida has a business and, mm-hmm. you know, is well-educated. You know, like you said, has a great social life. So it could be that Bilal feels very insecure inadequate inadequate yeah but and and i think financially insecure because mm-hmm. why would you want to hide your and i mean wealth is so subjective right because to him maybe in his mind he's he's wealthy but to the you know to some of us you know or to celebrities looking at this is like okay well that's normal that's middle class but to him it's like He's financially insecure that mm-hmm. he has to put her through a test to make sure that she's not a gold digger. Like, come yeah. on. I feel like we're all adults. Like, why do we need to play that kind of games with our partners, right? If you consider yourself an adult in an adult relationship, you would sit that partner down and say, hey, look, you may have seen me in like LV luggage, expensive suits, watches, belts, whatever. But I'd like you to know that this is my financial situation. You know, we're not going to be living in Beverly Hills. We're not going to be vacationing every time. You know what I mean? Like, I think that if you reason it out with her, she will be very understanding and she'll probably even appreciate it even more than you pranking her and putting her through a test and making her look like she's a gold digger. And she brought up a good point, too, is that like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, why are you portraying yourself right. another way? Because that's shady in itself. Yeah, that's shady. Because then you're <laughs> either lying to me or you're being delusional. Yeah, I just don't like how this relationship is starting. And I get that he's trying to play a prank. But I mean, it just makes her look bad. And I don't like that she's being put in that situation, you know? Yeah. And uh, Also, though, I think she did a good job of justifying her reactions Mm. to it, right? Like, uh, And, you know, and I think Twitter had her back too, right? It isn't even so much that she felt things were cheap. It was that that things were... She felt unsafe and uncomfortable. Right. And then the way she said, this house doesn't say anything about you. Like, there's, she could sense that there was some artificialness to it. And it also crossed my mind that this is a fabricated storyline that maybe they weren't right, that they they weren't the most interesting couple. So they had to fabricate something. And this was the best they could come up with, because even her as genuine as I think she is, I think, too, she was playing up too much the money side of things. Oh, I thought this was your car, you know, or and little comments she was making but it I'm was like, a ford i thought it was decent yeah it was like a chevy malibu or something oh yeah that's right yeah i was like yeah. that's decent yeah but i mean she kept it was almost forced that she kept making these references to monetary wealth or mm. to material things yeah she i have to say that i would be very pissed if i uprooted and i have to live in a shack and it's not because you know, you can call it materialism, but it's more of like, I let go of my life, which I'm very comfortable with, right? According to her, in a Caribbean island to live in a shack. Like, come on. I, and I feel like 
we should normalize the fact that people have standards mm -hmm. and it's okay to have standards. And if that standards are not met, then yeah, you have every right to complain about it. It's not that people are being ungrateful. It's that when you've sacrificed quite a bit, like the least you expect is this. You know? Right. Like I personally would have been so mad and I uprooted my life from Singapore, which is coming from a country with no guns, free healthcare into the US, right? I'm not saying I'm not grateful, but like if I, had I moved to like a house that I felt was unsafe, oh, hell yeah, you're going to hear from me every time. I mean, you're going to hear about it because I think it's okay to have standards. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. So when she got mad that he didn't clean up the back of the van, I'm like, that's perfectly normal, normal reaction. Right. Like, I, I don't care if I'm carrying a, a Louis Vuitton luggage or some dollar store luggage i don't want my shit to be on unclean floors in garbage yeah right exactly and, and again, trash. so like and that's what i mean like she made it very clear that her reactions weren't based on whether or not he was poor don't put my stuff in in your garbage and in, in the back i don't care that you're that you're driving a van but if you have trash in the van, don't just put my bags there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, things like that. And, and then it, exactly. I want to circle back to what you said. Like, she was talking about the responsibility. Like, I uprooted my life. Now, if you don't have your shit together, that's different, you know, than me being right or die, whether mm -hmm. or not you're poor or not. But you know that we're going to get married that I have nothing coming here and that you're supposed to be financially responsible for the both of us. Right. You know, so she was phrasing it like that and framing it in, like in that way too. So even when she was like reacting and, and coming off a certain way, she clearly made it not about, oh, you're, you're poor. You know, there was some things right. she said that were kind of funny and that were like jabs, like, you got the money to order for yeah. <laughs> I, that, I can see that she was pissed and she was having an attitude yeah but before that when she called him out on the house and everything I don't appreciate the fact that he called her out on her attitude because I'm like she's justified like you know she came from a, a long flight to your neighborhood only to be greeted by all this come on <laughs> right that ceiling really looked like it's about to end up in, you know, in one of those fail army videos, like it's about to collapse or something. All right. And somebody made an interesting point on Twitter. I'm sorry, I, I meant to read your tweet out and I totally forgot about it. But someone made an interesting point on Twitter. Imagine how the people of that neighborhood felt that he was using their stature as a prop on a mm. show to show that this is poverty, you know, yeah. like, and this is what I'm bringing her to as a joke, as a prank so that, that I can bring childhood? her. Yeah. It's his childhood home. If I was living in that neighborhood, I'd be like, what the fuck are you trying to say about uh, our neighborhood, yeah. bro? <laughs> it's like, yeah. The yardstick, right? Like when you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like we actually, cool. just because your house is shitty and you didn't take care of it, you know, that's not representative of the people in this neighborhood, dude. You know, cause he did, he made it so like bad you couldn't repaint the stuff like you couldn't fix the peeling of the ceiling and you know what I mean like you didn't maintain that home yeah that's a bad real estate agent there he didn't stage it well no he's supposed to stage all. it well <laughs> yeah yeah oh, man. everything about that just pissed me off <laughs> yeah total red flag if I were her I would go back to the airport I'm like all right I'm done 
I'm going back to my island paradise. All right, let's move on to Lon's favorite cast member. Going to Kara. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cara, I have a crush. Yeah. I have a crush on Kara. Kara, <laughs> aka yeah. Devin Aoki's twin sister from Charlottesville, Virginia. I don't really know what she does. I guess she's an influencer. She's also a singer. I've seen her sing in Spanish, which is amazing. She's like she, a jack of all trades. Isn't Jill. she the one that was Jill, Jill of all trades? trades. Sorry, yeah, right? That's what she you're said. Right. You're right. Yeah. Jill uh, of all trades. Isn't she now like a balloon designer. decorator or something? Yeah. Balloon designer. Okay. Like designer, sandwich artist, okay. balloon designer. <laughs> She's an artiste. Artist, yeah. <laughs> She's, yeah. I was going to say blow up artist, but that doesn't sound right. And she's with Guillermo. Sorry, did I butcher that? Guillermo. 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 My God, dude, what's wrong with my pronunciation today? Long day. Yeah, long day for me. 23 years old from Caracas, Venezuela, who moved to, I guess, would you say move or escape to Dominican Republic? Yeah, the DR, right. Yeah. I guess as a political refugee, maybe. I don't know. Sounds like it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I wasn't 100% sure if he was there. All I remember is that he was there and then his passport expired, right? Yeah. Right. But he was escaping the political turmoil uh, in right. Venezuela, which is why I guess he's able to enter the U.S. with an expired passport because the U.S. and Venezuela probably has some sort of bilateral agreement where they will allow refugees to come in right. to escape the, I don't know what it is over there, but maybe dictatorship. Or socialist government, I don't know, <laughs> like Cuba, you know. But um, yay, socialism! No, yay. <laughs> <Just joking. laughs> free healthcare. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, Lon, go for it. I know you love her. I mean, I have a girl crush on her too. She's very cute. But you go, you go. Do so, it. like, look, as far as couples go, or people, Americans who are dating foreigners or people from other countries. Like she knows the language, the language. she can speak the language. Yeah. And that's just like, for me, basic, right? Mm. But she knows it fluently and she can communicate with them. I just like that she's super fun. My only gripe is, and I think Guillermo brought it up too, is that she has this thing about her age. And I think maybe she kind of, I don't know, how do I say it? She's a bit condescending. Mm. Um, talks down him. on the. I think she harp on it so many times that it's aggravating him, to him, right? It's, right. Um, she infantilizes him at at times. Oh, yes, that word. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what did what did I? Forgot. I learned a new word. I think I know where you're going with that. It's sanky panky. Sanky Sanky panky was one, but she did toddler. call him yeah a toddler, toddler. and I'm yeah. just like. What are you doing? And she Matt calls herself a sugar mama too. And yeah. And the brothers say, oh, if she's a sugar mama, you're a sugar baby. Yeah. And it's an exaggeration. What some people pointed out was the age difference isn't really even that it's bad. It's not a gap. It's not a yeah. huge gap. But she harps on it so much. So much, yeah. That it starts to make Guillermo feel weird yeah, about it. Yeah, a type it. of way, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, aside from that, I really like her a lot. Yeah. I can tell on. <laughs> yeah. And about Sanky Panky, right? I think the connotation that bugs Guillermo the most about that isn't so much that he's dating her as an American, mm-hmm. but there's a connotation that it's dating for papers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I'm not dating you f- for the papers, right? Yeah, okay, we're dating. I'll admit to that much that yeah. you're an American and 
I am who I am, but it's not about the papers for me. Yeah. That was and a cherry he, on the top, I would say. Yeah. He tried to squeeze that in. That's the reason he doesn't like being called that. It's not about the papers for me. So he, he did want to like clarify, clarify that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So anything else? Because I was going to skip to. He looks like he's 14. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he had some facial hair, he'd look older, but I don't know. He's, he has a boyish look. And he's I very think boyish. That might yeah. be a kink. Maybe yeah. maybe he's into the very boyish look. So. Yeah. He's a good looking guy, but he does. Yeah. He on camera. I'm like, yeah, he, he looks like he just graduated from fucking school. young. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good thing. Someone that's close to his age, but dating someone twice their age is Eve and Muhammad. Not Muhammad. Muhammad from Egypt. I think Lon, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first Native American that's being featured on 90 Day Fiancé? I can't remember. I we're mean, 10 you, seasons in now, right? Yeah, we're, oh, this is season uh, nine, I think. Oh, season nine. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember. I mean, and this is like just could the 90 be. Day Fiancé. I mean, we're not counting like before the 90 days or like yeah. happily ever after. She's American-American. <laughs> yeah, she's the true American. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, of Apache, I tribe. Mm-hmm. What's not to admire? I mean, she's a single mom to a kid who has special needs. And Multiple, too, at that. Yeah. Autism, Autism Down syndrome, stage two kidney, kidney disease. disease. So he has to be, and again, I'm going to butcher this word, catheterized every three mm-hmm. hours. That's a lot for a single mom. It really mm-hmm. hats off to her. And what about him, Lon? Do you think he's a... I mean, we talked about the Tunisian love rat. You know, people like Hamza, people like Ziad. Do you think uh, Muhammad is an Egyptian love rat? For me, I think that the attraction is, you know, he, he said it pretty explicitly when he said he, he's looking for someone that could take care of him like his mom, mom. does. Yeah. yeah, mommy issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and that's not to say there's a sexual attraction there. I just think he's someone who likes to be like cared in that motherly manner. Yeah. Where everything is done for him. Meals are cooked. Laundry is folded. And it's all very like, I'm just a kid and I can't take care of myself. I need someone to, <laughs> to do adult things for me, you know? Yeah. So, I so think he's not going to be adulting anytime soon, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think it's more about that. And there was another person who was like that. I forgot who it was, but who had expectations that mm-hmm. way. Well, like, well, my mom does this for me. And that's just, you're, you know, American women are different, brother. <laughs> but she's more caring, though. Uh, I think she's more. She is. Like, and yeah. And then that's, that's the why. Thing. Yeah. That's his thing, right? He's so, nurturing and he's looking for that nurturing exactly. characteristics like his mom yes. would be like, ew. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So when it comes down to this, I think that they'd be very compatible my take obviously in this show likes to recycle it and I get it it's 90 day fiance it's there's no way around it really is the whole American values for women especially versus like traditional Muslim male culture clash that happens right like oh well you know you need to dress moderate and you can't do this and you can't do that and you know we've, we've seen it many times so there, obviously there's going to be that. But then I also started to think at 25 years old, is he ready to share the responsibility of raising a special needs child? I don't think so. Yeah. But we shall see. We'll find out. Yeah. 
All right. Guess who's about to find out that they have a son waiting for them in, I guess, Kansas too? Kobe and Emily. And I guess they have a son called Coben. I had to like do a double take. Yeah. Are oh, you and everybody? Yeah. Else. Like Coben. I'm not even, trying to find a people. Even on the second here, episode, even on yeah, the second I, episode, I was I just had to it. like turn up the volume and really, really listen hard because I was like, Kobe, Coben, COVID, you know, like yeah. all sounds alike. What do we think about this couple? I thought they were really sweet. And I guess, I mean, she openly admits she likes black guys. Good for her. But yeah, like, what do you think will happen? And I think we kind of know from the preview what happened or what will happen, right? What was that? I think they got pregnant again. Oh, I thought that was slick editing. Uh, maybe. Uh, this is TLC. I forgot. Okay. All right. TLC, yeah. you'll tell me. Maybe she will. But I thought the way I saw it was that the trailer showed it out of order. Yeah. And that she was pregnant with Coben. But the trailer suggested that, oh, that she had gotten pregnant later mm -hmm. on. But then the footage, I don't know. We'll see. I like them. Everything, like you said, seems pretty genuine. And I actually really like Emily too. I think I love that she's fun mm -hmm. and that she's kind of bubbly. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like how she was like, oh, you know, he doesn't like that I send him like naughty messages and stuff. And I'm like, that's fun. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm into that. Maybe there are people who aren't really, but that's a love language. You know, it's like, hey, I'm thinking about you and I want to jump on you and rip your clothes off. <laughs> I know it's like 1.30 p.m. in the workday, but things like that are just, it's a love language to get little messages like that. Yeah. And I, I just think she's super fun and super sweet. So I'm really rooting for the both of them. I don't know yeah. how it's going to be. I, I think, again, it's Selena, Kansas, which I don't think is diverse maybe is a worry of mine. It's not a major city, right? So, Well, China isn't exactly diverse as well. And he managed to be a international underwear model there. That's true. Yeah. So I think he'll, he'll fit in. I, I hope, I hope so. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope he accepts her for how she looks. I mean, she's a mom now. And I know that's one of her insecurities is that okay my body has changed mm -hmm. i hope he still accepts me so we'll see what happens in the next episode i know he was a bit apprehensive about spending that one night with her as opposed to going to see his son right away but i would imagine the the airport is so far right i mean right i read somewhere that it's about two hours away i'm like no mm -hmm. i'm definitely getting a pit stop somewhere <laughs> like i'm not driving right. straight two hours but yeah i i mean i think it's healthy that she wants to spend quality time with someone that she hasn't seen for two years, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's the common theme about the couples this season is that a lot of them have not seen each other for years because of the pandemic. Right. Glad that they made it through the pandemic because I know it's tough for a lot of people being far away. I mean, think about Ella, right? I mean, how she cheated on Johnny. I know I'm rehashing past <laughs> episodes here, but... Yeah, I'm glad these couples made it. Anyway, yeah, I think they're cool. They're a cute couple. I really want to see them succeed as a couple and as parents. I want to see how the dynamic is like between him and her family. And But yeah, we'll see. I left the most pinkish couple as the last couple to talk about. What do we think about Jibri <laughs> from Rapid City, South Dakota? 
I think he describes himself as an artist slash frontman of Black Serbs. Yeah. <laughs> and Miona from Niche, Serbia, who's a makeup artist. I know there's who's, a lot to talk about. With who's the bigger clout chaser? <laughs> yeah, that's like the theme with this couple. It's like, who's the attention-seeking yeah. person here? And I cannot decide. Is it the guy who always wears pink and wears like as if he's a cowboy? Yeah. I know a lot of people are like, man, he just wants exposure for his band. Sure. Um, and I've kind of looked at that too, but then like, Miona obviously like is an attractive person and is she also just jumping on the show to get more exposure for her brand right 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 but let's just go ahead and jump into what everyone's talking about the blackfishing blackfishing right so for those who don't know because she's trying to pass herself off as black here in America, at least, I think it may not be a problem in other countries. They might not see it, but mm-hmm. racial tensions here in America are the way they are because of our history. So it's actually very problematic for someone, especially who's not black, to pass themselves off as black because at any day of the week, they can put that away, but black people can't like right. n- stop being black, right? And, yeah. and the, the convenience of having that option of being able to take black culture or pass yourself up off as black when it's convenient for you and then to stop being black <laughs> yeah. when it serves your purpose is just not a good look. And for Miona, she defended herself on her Instagram and, and, you know, I think she started with, oh, well, here's like photos of my ancestor's hair and we have a deep culture of having our hair this way. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't explain what you're doing with your skin tone, right? The bronzing of your skin and... I right. And this isn't just tanning. like, yeah, I went to a tanning booth and I'm tan for the summer. Like, yeah, this is like shades and shades and deep shades at that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's color. not just the skin color, right? It's the emulation of the thick lips and the, it's the all yell as yeah. well. Lon, I think... The TLDR of black fishing is that it creates a dangerous paradox because it enables white people to participate in black culture without taking on the full experience of blackness and the systemic discrimination that comes with it. Right. So it's convenient for Miona to look black, but obviously will not inherit any of the discrimination, any of the biases the struggles that come with it exactly and the living struggles to get the benefits of it yeah the the fetishization the exoticism of it and like whatever that brings and then when it's time to be white again you can yeah whereas black people all across well at least in america again right racial tensions although they are pretty widespread in america it's actually It's actually quite different because of our history of slavery and stuff. They cannot (laughs) stop being black, right? right? And I honestly, I think I blame the Kardashian, obviously, for glorifying the whole black fishing because they were the trendsetters. I mean, like it or not, they were. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Kim Kardashian leads that front, right? With the, the butt, the lips. Obviously, her arm candy is usually a black person or someone who's of a black descent well right now i guess with pete davison i i I don't know what he is exactly but not sure if he's black but yeah maybe pete is a different (laughs) different the exception or a partner for kim right 
and I think Miona too is not shy about admitting that she wants that Kardashian lifestyle. She wants mm. to be in LA. She wants that whole glamorous life that, you know, the flossy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that glamorous by Fergie, right? The floss, floss. <laughs> floss, floss. floss. <laughs> yeah. Hey, why is it, and this is just me ranting, I feel like everyone thinks that when they come to the US, it's like everything is like Beverly Hills or New York City. It's so far from that, y'all. Yeah. Trust me, it's not. <laughs> the major it's, cities are major cities major for Major cities are like different, <laughs> but a lot of the 90 Day Fiancé folks that we watch are from small towns. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for example, Emily calls her town, Selena, a one-horse city. <laughs> Yeah, that's how rural it is. It's just one horse, <laughs> and she has that horse. <laughs> yeah. like, exactly. Well, there it is. It's <laughs> Emily's it. horse. Yeah. I feel like when people come to the U.S., they have this high expectation of L.A., Hollywood, oh. or if not, then it's New York City, right. um, all the glam, like Met Gala or whatever, right? <laughs> Living next to the Kardashians, <laughs> right. Oh my God, it's so comical because I feel like people really buy into that whole propaganda of like the US is all great. Every one of us is doing well, but it's actually not different from anywhere else. In my point of view, there are a lot of people that are struggling here and the US, may I remind folks that has the highest number of medical bankruptcies in the Mm -hmm. world. For a first world nation, it doesn't have free healthcare or socialized healthcare which is, you know, again, problematic in and of itself. Sorry, I didn't want to digress there, but let's get back to Miona and Jibri. I learned another word or another genre, and it's space punk. Space? Oh, the genre of his music. Yeah. I didn't know what that is until he described it. I was like, is that even true? Like, should I go to Spotify and check for space punk music? I mean, I don't know. Anything else, Lon, that you want to talk about? Yeah, so we haven't really mentioned their story, right? Which is fake. Um, I heard they're married already. They're married already yeah. in Serbia. So this is a fucking TLC. Cloud chasers. Yeah, cloud chasers. <laughs> yeah. All right, so they're married already. And wah, wah, wah. I guess their story is that the band is having trouble partly because she's getting in between him She's and the his Yoko best ono. friend, <laughs> right? He's a Serbian Yoko Ono. Yeah, so he's moved in with his parents, and financial situation is quite shaky. But he's a hustler, and he'll figure he can it sell out. salt to slugs, <laughs> right? <laughs> I wrote a lot of things like he can sell meat to a vegan. <laughs> I actually like his mom, by the way. Oh yeah, mom's so cool. mom's great. Yeah, yeah, mom's so hipster. Yeah, so like. You know, I thought they would be interesting, but again, once I like really took a step back and noticed she's definitely built for like social media and he's definitely in a band and stuff. It just screamed clout chase. And then I yeah. saw the article about them already being married and, and I was just, just like, man, fucking clout chasers. <laughs> yeah. You know who you know. they remind me of is, um, I'm trying to look up the name of the partner, but she reminds me of uh, Jasmine, not Jasmine and Gino, but Jasmine, the chick from, I want to say Finland, who was with the black guy who's a rapper. Yes. LA. Yes. Yeah. It's, yes. It, it, she even said, it's almost like, like <laughs> yeah, almost covering one to one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she even admit like she just wants to do social media. Mm-hmm. 
because she yeah. has, I guess, the body for it and the looks for it. So it's the same thing with Miona. She just wants to expand her cloud, right? So, right. yeah. What's his name, Dan? Yeah, I forgot his name. Blake. Again. Jasmine. Blake. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. His rap name is Hollow Brooks. How are they doing? I've, They're still together. I've seen pictures of her on Instagram, but I don't really read much into them. He's yeah. not in them though. <laughs> He's not because her Instagram is mostly about her modeling. But it's her brand, right? Yeah, it's her branding. So, but they're still together. It looks like at least that's how I interpret it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I guess that's it. And we're gonna meet or we meet Ari, Ari and Bini next week, which Ari we know what's going on. Lon, that is a summary of episode one and two of the latest season of 90 Day Fiance season nine. What is your WTF moment? Okay. Um, this one, uh, this one is an easy one. Uh, for me, it's Bilal and this whole test, <laughs> this whole prank. Yeah. I just think it's unnecessary. And, you know, again, there's this, the larger question is this all fabricated to begin with? Either way, it's a big L for Bilal. <laughs> totally. My WTF moment is... <laughs> I literally screamed at the TV when this happened, but when Jibri was going through the car wash and he had his window open. That one shit was hilarious. Uh, yeah. I saw I that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, roll your windows up. <laughs> right. You, know, you could see it happening if you were paying attention. You're just like, wait, the- isn't that window... <laughs> I know, and the attendant was there. I guess he didn't say anything because Jibri was on the phone or something. I don't know, but I was like, why didn't you say something? Yeah. Like, tell the guy to like shout it to him or something and say like, hey, roll up your windows or something. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> that was funny. That was hella funny. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast. Woot woot. Woot woot. All right, Lon, as per our usual tradition, is there anything that you want to recommend our listeners to watch aside from 90 Day Fiance? If you're into mind fucks, oh. Severance on oh. Apple. It's oh. been a while since I recommended an Apple show. I think the first one was M. Night uh, Shyamalan's show on there. I forgot what that was called too. Yeah, the TV series or a movie? It was a series oh. about a baby. Do you remember oh. that one? I thought yeah. you saw that one. No, I don't have Apple Plus. Oh, I think this one's free to watch. Okay. But this one, if you just go to Apple TV or whatever, I think this one is a free series, but Severance. So the premise, right? Imagine that if you could separate your work life and your personal life. Yep. Did you hear about this one? Yeah, I think I I know the premise because I I told you I watched the interview with uh, Ben Stiller. Oh, right, right. So right, right, right. So it was either produced or or directed by Ben Ben Stiller. Stiller. Right. So they separate your work life and personal life by erasing your memories. When you're at work, you only know your work memories. And when you're at home or excuse me, your personal life off hours, you only know those memories. Mm -hmm. But what that does is that then creates two people because your work 
person, right? There's all kinds of implications now when you really dig into it and the show explores it. So when your work person is going home, the person actually blinks and they're still at the office. It's just a new day is starting. You don't remember that you had fun or you don't remember going to a family. So it's almost like a never ending day at the office. But so then that actually isolates that version of you and creates a different person because then the personal life person, you show up to your work parking lot, you blink and you're in the same parking lot, but now it's nighttime and it's time for you to go home. So like Mm -hmm. it creates two lives, right? And there's just all these things that come with it. And then you throw in, okay, what's this company up to? Why do they need to keep things so secretive? Yeah. And it just goes down into this rabbit hole uh, of questions and super really interesting concept, the implications that brings up. And then you throw in a great story of what this company is up to. And it leads to the season finale where you just can't wait for season two. Highly, highly recommend Severance. This isn't a paid promo, by the way. This is just us talking. Yeah. You know who should have done that kind of, you know, memory segmentation? Theranos. Yeah. <laughs> benefited from that. Speaking right. of Theranos, I speaking I, of Theranos. Yeah, speaking of Theranos, I highly recommend the series that Ron watched as well, which is uh, the Dropout on Hulu, and it's actually based on the podcast of the same name. I guess you can search for it on any podcast platform. It's also called the Dropout, and I like how Amanda Seyfried portrayed Elizabeth Holmes. And how Naveen Andrews did a great job with portraying Sonny Balwani. It's such a scintillating, captivating series that I've watched recently. I really, really enjoyed it. And of course, I watch other documentaries like the WeWork documentary mm-hmm. on Hulu. And uh, what else? The Oh, no, I'm going to butcher this. Abercrombie and Fitch. The Abercrombie and Fitch documentary. documentary. Yeah. yeah, that was really good. Also, Lan. Something I would like to recommend is this show called Old Enough. Old Enough? Yeah. So I saw it on my queue on Netflix and I didn't bother to watch because it has a picture of a small kid. And then yesterday while I was watching Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah was talking about this show. So Old Enough is about very young toddlers. And I'm talking about two years old onwards running errands on their own in Japan. And apparently Westerners are not for it. But I got curious. I watched a couple of episodes. Me and the husband watched like maybe three, four episodes. They were like 10 minutes each. So it's an easy watch. And it's like the cutest thing ever. (laughs) But I can understand why Westerners freaked out because y'all are not used to your kids running around in the neighborhood and not having to worry about your kids getting kidnapped, but this is rural Japan. Right. Uh, and I guess Japanese people have this culture of teaching their children to run errands for their parents at a very young age. Like the first episode, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, but just to give you an example of what to expect when you watch this series, is that the first episode is this two-year-old kid who was tasked by his mom to get three items from a supermarket. And on the way to the supermarket, he had to cross a very busy freeway. And his mom equipped him with a yellow flag so that when he wants to cross, he just puts it out. 
and the traffic will stop. Now, that shit works in Japan. I don't think it will work here. Yeah. Right? People don't even stop for like pedestrians, but like that shit works in Japan. And, and so the kid made it to the supermarket, which is like almost a kilometer away. So I don't know what, what is that in miles, maybe 2.2 miles or something away Holy from his home. Crap. He walked with a bag and a flag and some cash with him. And he went to the supermarket and he got those items. He did a great job at running this errand and he's only two years old. Nuts. And he was able to communicate with the storekeepers and ask like, hey, where can I find this curry? Or hey, where did you guys place the flowers that I need to get? And the people around him were very cognizant of him shopping and they were helping him and all that. But also bearing in mind that these kids are being followed by a camera crew. So technically, they're very safe. Right, right. <laughs> because that's there are true. multiple cameramen or camera women following the toddler. So I know people, you know, Westerners, when they watch this, they're like, oh my God, this is bad parenting. Like you shouldn't be letting your kid run errands like that. But I mean, that is the culture. And I think you have to embrace the culture and right. kind of accept it for what it is. And instead of imposing your Western values on other people's way of parenting you just have to appreciate that that shit just works in right. other countries you know so old enough totally yeah enough. no I'm, I'm probably gonna watch an episode during dinner <laughs> that sounds super interesting and, and right it's the point is you know we have to frame it in, in the context and the society there is different the culture right. there is different the dangers that they experience are not the same and yeah, that's just mind blowing. It's the and cutest I, thing ever. If you it's so cute. the parenting, <laughs> it's cute. It's cute because these little kids are talking in really coherent sentences. They're not just they do mumble to themselves, which is the cutest thing ever. They're like, "Oh, gotta get this, gotta do this," and they're like talking to themselves. And it's like it just brings warm memories about your own childhood, or like mm -hmm. you know, like just watching kids being innocent and but doing adult tasks. It's right. so mind-blowing to me. And like I say, it's the cutest thing you could ever watch on TV right now. For some Americans too, it wasn't that long ago when we had lives like that. Mm. Though I think Where you the, play in the, the playground and your parents just drop you off and not work. Right. Yeah. So like I was a latchkey kid and granted I wasn't too, but I do remember being very, very young and like parents right now won't leave their kids alone unless they're teens. But mm -hmm. I remember being in elementary school um, and both my parents worked and I just had to walk home from school and we had a key to get us back into the house. But again, like times were considered safer back then, like the internet wasn't a thing, online predators weren't a thing. And I'm pretty sure, you know, there was a time before me when people were even younger having to do like these types of tasks, right? Yeah. I wasn't two or anything. I was actually very young and both my parents were working. So I had to take care of myself. Me and my brothers had to take care of ourselves, like walk to school and come back. And before my parents got home, we were supposed to try to get like dinner ready, like maybe yeah. thaw out the chicken. I remember getting phone calls. Hey, I'm going to be home in a couple hours. You better take the chicken out of the fridge. Right? So when I get home, we can cook it. Yeah. yeah there's just things, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I think they're still kind of in that place where we can do that. And like, again, times have changed, but like, 
I'm pretty sure there are older Americans here who remember a time when things were also like that here in America. But yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, (laughs) go watch it. It's so cute. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Hope, hope you like our coverage of this new season of Naive Fiance and all our recommendations. And until then, be kind to one another. And bye-bye. Bye-bye.